Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Digital Physical Tiny Room. I am the co-host of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. I am the one of the two who is called Michael. And I am joined today by the man who has been called the Sir David Paradine Frost of Irish Cosplay Comic Con interviews. It's Benjamin. Hello. Benjamin, do you want to explain why I've made that pun? Uh, because pun, because we're bloody prepping for a big old event, Michael. Yeah, so there's weird timey-wimey stuff here yeah. because people will be listening to this on Monday, Monday, hopefully Monday, but we're recording it on Friday before Comic Con. Before Comic Con, because usually we record on Sunday, which will be during Comic Con. Which doesn't make any sense geographically so, or time wise. So, you know, as you're listening to this, we won't be at Comic Con. We will, in fact, probably be at work. At work. Yeah. After Comic Con. Yeah. Very feeling very very rough. I would imagine so. You're there for quite a bit. I'm going to be there. Yeah, you're not. It's not a short stint no, for you. No, I think I'm. I think I'm going to do about 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 twenty five hours in Comic Con over the weekend. I think all the listeners will join me in saying, "Fuck that." Yes, but you know what, Ben? Yeah. We can't say to the listeners if you see us at Comic Con, come and say hello because, because you're we, listening to this. Because Ben, we haven't been yet. On, but for them, they've already been. They've already. Or well, quite frankly, not been there, but now no longer have the chance. Yeah. Unless, unless you are Doctor Who and you have a TARDIS, in which case, drop by and say hello, but only if you're the David Tennant Doctor, because that's my favourite. Or Eccleston. Oh, we'll have an Eccleston. We'll have an Eccleston. Anyway, do the theme music. Theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have any theme music. But I hope someone will mix them up for us. Don't wanna name any names Rachel, I hope it's Rachel <laughs> I love I love the commitment to that intake of breath there That's very good it Always gives me a nice clean edit <laughs> Benjamin, speaking of Dublin Comic Con Yes uh, You will have noticed of course That at Dublin Comic Con One thing was, was lacking What's that? You see, we're doing a conceit here, of course. Yeah, the conceit is uh, that we've already been... Yes. Uh, there was no Carl Urban. No Carl Urban. Carl Urban was probably the, the biggest name, the, the big draw of Comic-Con The Comic big draw of Comic-Con. And he had to pull out for scheduling reasons at the end. Uh, he always pulls out that Carl Urban. Very good. That's how he keeps Very free of that alimony. <laughs> That's not how you keep free of alimony, Ben. You and no. I are going to have a chat about safe <laughs> sex after this podcast. <laughs> oh, joy. Um... What were we saying? Yes, but he was replaced by the delightful Nick Frost. Mm. Do a segue there, Ben. Funny you should mention Nick Frost, Michael, because, mm. um, as the conceit of the show is, on Friday, wink, yeah. I showed you a video, you and your good ben. lady friend. Ben, that was just now. That was just now, it was, sorry. Oh, damn it, the conceit is so hard to keep up. Oh, we're being hoisted by our own conceit. Turd. Um, yeah, I showed you and your good lady friend a video for a new film that is set to be released upon this very All Hallows Eve. Um, it is Slaughterhouse Rules, yes. starring Simon Pegg and the aforementioned Nick Frost. And uh, Tony Blair. Tony Blair with the looks of things, yeah, yeah. Or the otherwise known Black Sheep of the Sheen family because he doesn't have any Mexican heritage whatsoever and he's actually a fairly decent actor. Oh. Oh. Uh, Also formerly married to Kate Beckinsale from Out of Underworld. Yeah, good good job him. 
Martin Sheen, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Damn it, your good lady friend confused me. I knew that was going to happen. Um, Michael Sheen is starring in it with them as well. Looks very good to if, me. If if he was one of the Sheen dynasty, he would be Miguel Estevez. <laughs> Miguel Estevez. Yeah, so that's what we'll call him in future. It would uh, be quite funny to see Michael Sheen with Michael Sheen's voice trying to introduce himself as Miguel Estevez. Yeah, hello, hello, hello. I'm Miguel Estevez. Um, <laughs> it's great to be here, you know. Be careful of the monsters. That's a pretty solid Michael Sheen, actually. Right, actually. Um, here's the thing, Ben. You and I watched it. We did. And not the film, the trailer. No. And we thought this looks like an Edgar Wright film. We both thought, and I said, surely it is because it has Simon Pegg. It has Simon Pegg and Nicholas Frost. Yeah. Uh, not Sir David Frost, who's now dead. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh. It's Simon Pegg and Nicholas Frost. And it has smash cuts. It has a lot of smash cuts. So it's very much going for the Edgar Wright look, but it's not Edgar Wright, is it? It's not at all. It's not at all. It's bloody Crispian Mills. Crispian Mills, Ben. Well-known film director, Crispian Mills. Um, he is a giant Edgar Wright fan. Apparently. <laughs> That's who he is. Yeah. Um, and the former lead singer of the band, Kula Shaker. So for anybody of mixed generation, not <laughs> otherwise known, otherwise hush, known as... Hush, <laughs> Come on down. Hush. Hush. I have been treated to a solid 25 minutes of that from both Michael and his good lady friend. And they kept doing it as if I would suddenly it would suddenly click with me. And it didn't. But then they just tried harder. It's been a torment, ladies ben, and gentlemen. Send help. Look, our listeners are going to enjoy that because it's going to be very nostalgic for them. It is indeed. It probably is. Look, if you're not a becomer, uh, you probably know who that is. It absolutely, Ben, delights me that you've made peace with the fact that you're a becomer. <laughs> Look, if you can't beat him, fucking wallow in it and hurt yourself when you go home. Anyway, it looks very much like if Edgar Wright made Attack the Block set in a private school. Yeah, I'm, I am I am optimistic. I, I liked it. I was, I've been hooked by the trailer. And it has Aza, Aza Butterfield, him from out Ender's Game, which is also oh, about okay. a kid in a school... Dealing with the thing. Dealing with the thing. Mm. Maybe he's been typecast as a kid in a school dealing with the thing. You could argue that. Mm. I'm not going to because we don't have, yeah, that, we don't much have that much time. Benjamin, yeah. what's other news? Other news. Uh, I can't remember. I can't see your notes from here. <laughs> James Gunn. <laughs> yeah, James Gunn. There is a very strong rumour that they're going ahead with James Gunn's script. Yeah. In Disney. Um, which fascinates me because mm. apparently he's not good enough to bloody hire to direct his own work because of his filthy low moral character. Mm. Um, but it's okay to use the work that he's already written for you on commission. Interesting. Mm. I doubt mm. it was on commission, but I know what you're trying to say. Well, well I was, sorry. I was just trying to, to add a little par- pizzazz p- parlance. Um, also, uh, Dave Bautista is possibly tanking his career at Disney quite slowly through his unwavering support. I respect James that from Dave oh, no. Bautista, to be honest. I respect it beyond reason. But he might find himself uh, a little bit stuck for work with Disney. But it's okay, because apparently James Gunn's career is not going anywhere. He has been much in inundated demand. much in demand with uh, requests to have him helm the ship of film. Um, and I'm sure he will probably very much respect Dave Batista's loyalty to him. And to um, perhaps cast him in other things. Here's another thing. Here's yeah. a question. Another question that I have. What's the next question? question? What's the thing that Dave Batista's quite good in that Shane saw the other day? Is it Blade Runner? No, he is quite good in Blade he's Runner. He's quite good in Blade Runner. Um, no, he's in another thing. Is it the thing where he's in the city as a marine and he it's, it's no, a city he, overrun by stuff? He was in a thing recently about some sort of independent film. Hotel Artemis? Yes, very Hotel well Artemis. done. Yeah, he plays the security of the Hotel Artemis. Apparently, starring Miss Jodie Foster. That's good. 
Uh, maybe if Jodie Foster and Michael Sheen did a movie together, that could be <laughs> That's what it would sound like. <laughs> um, <coughs> apparently, he's the standout in that, according to friend of the podcast, Shane. It's, it's supposed to be very good. A good friend of the podcast, Shane, mm. who you will see at Comic-Con, but not really, because this is Monday. Um, so um, Shane has actually given us a hand at Comic-Con, so uh, Shane is actually becoming an even better friend of the podcast. Yes. Um, yeah, we, we might do a little interview with, with, with Shane at some point. Yeah. Turn, turn the we camera do, around. We can do an interview with me. Yeah, we can do an interview I'll with you. I'll, also, I. Mine will not be as good as Michael's. Because I'm not be as committed. But I have committed to some stubble. Would you like to hear it? Not ASMR again. Tell you, this is how we're going to make the market big. This is how we're going to break it. I was, this is how we're going to become a big podcast. I was looking at the ASMR there on YouTube, Ben. It's yeah. almost always attractive ladies. Almost always. Do you Which, think that uh, might have something to do with it? might have something to do with it, Ben. But I was quite proud then of my of my little joke from last week where I said all men should resign. But then it's not AMSR, it's ASMR. Yeah. So that's... I didn't decide to correct you because I thought we were doing the conceit that you couldn't even get yeah. the awards in the right order. That's that ruined. You see, we're, we're, what we're really doing now is wading through a mire of conceits. <laughs> a consire. Ben, I have another conceit. Go on. Um, there was a TV show I used to watch when I was a kid. Yeah. And I've completely forgotten the name of the show. Great podcasting. I know. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you about it and then hopefully you or perhaps... Probably not you because you're so young. I got Hotel Artemis. But, yeah, that's true. But maybe the listeners... The listeners. I'm doing a thing now where all of my S's are going to be Z's. Oh, God. Maybe the listeners. Why do I have to put up with this? Maybe the listeners will recognize. Oh, that's already a Z. Will recognize what I'm talking about. So, this show, it was set in 2020. Mm. And scientists had come to the conclusion that space was like a sea. And it had like high points and low points and choke points and. You know, there was a kind of arms race in space. Mm. So the that two rhymes. major... It does. Mm. Sorry, an arms race in space. Um, and then the two major world powers both started kind of a kind of special space force to to go into space. This sounds to, fascinating. I wish I had out. a fucking clue. Oh, no, hold on, Ben. Hold on. That's not a thing for my childhood. I'm just reading the news. <laughs> Surely you've been keeping up with this. Have you not been keeping up with this? No. Mr. Donald, Dick Ch- is it Dick Cheney who's the vice president? Who's the vice president of America? It's fucking um, Mike Pence. Mike Pence. So he's going to do, they're going to do a space force. The Pence in Ata. Um, they're going to do a space force. Yeah. So they're going to have the army, the navy, the marines, the coast guard. In the space. Then, yeah, the space force. And they're going to take over space. Look, aliens, I'm coming over there. I'm going to deal with it. They're really nice guys. They've got some real bad hombres coming over here. We're going to build a wall in space. Who's going to pay for it? The aliens. <laughs> Very good. The space aliens. The space thing. aliens. Look, I don't think Look, we're going to be... they're here. all aliens. We're going to send the Mexicans over there. They're going to deal with them. It's going to be great. We're going to send them, the Mexicans into space. <laughs> we're going to send the aliens to the aliens. It's genius. So, well, it's probably enough of that. Um, <laughs> what? You actually, do you know how long Michael's been working on that conceit? From when I came downstairs, like, oh, I've remembered a show that I can't. Yeah, no, I got to go. He's been, he's been, he's been reeling me in. I thought of it earlier. Like a big old guppy fish. It is true, though. They have, uh, they have, they've come with this concept for Space Force for 2020. And they've designed a logo, Ben. And, you know, designing logos is hard. It is, Michael. I've been doing it all fucking week. I know. So, um, they've just stolen NASA's logo. Changed it to red and changed the word NASA to Space Force. 
Is it actually called <laughs> Space, Space Force? Space Force. He definitely. I am sorry, but they are now definitely. It's definitely Saturday morning. Donald Trump's in his pajamas in the Oval Office, going, "I want to have a Space Force." And when I have a spare and Pence is going, oh, okay, Trump. I don't know what Pence actually sounds like. I, I can't do an impression. I'm going to do, do generic nuclear family dad. Yeah, go on. Uh, go okay, on. Trump. I'm going to get you some crayons and you can make the logo, okay? And Trump's like, yeah, it's the best logo. Um, and it's a whole thing. And there's like milk dribbling down his chin. There's a couple of lucky charms like sidling through the fake tan. It's a whole thing. Um, stay tuned for our upcoming cease and desist order from the president of the United States. Benjamin. Yeah. On a totally unrelated, um, on a totally unrelated note, we've had our first ever listener submitted uh, review of a thing. I'd do a spit take if it wouldn't ruin a microphone. Don't, well, we have a spit filter, so you'll probably be it's all not right. Not that much of a fucking spit filter. <laughs> Damn. It, it, it'll, it'll, it'll handle a light mist. It won't so, handle an enclave. Benjamin, as part of our conceit here, no, it's not a conceit because you actually haven't heard this yet. I haven't heard this yet. So, Gen- uh, genuinely. One of our listeners has sent in a review. You're going to give me your headphones there. Give me, give me the old, and I'll, I'll stick this on the jack. phone. Uh, okay. okay. And then you can, you can watch it and then tell and us. You're, going to, you're yes. going to slot it in with the, magic of, in post. With the magic of post-production. Okay, so. There you go. There you go, Ben. I just had my breath too soon. Yeah, what's it called? The Apex. Teen Titans, yeah. And did you like the film? But that one is really scary. <gasps> it was really scary. Because it has the monsters in it. There was monsters in it, yeah. Did you, which film did you like more? Teen Titans or Peter Rabbit? Teen Titans. Good. Which film did you like more? Teen Titans or The Incredibles? The Incredibles. The Incredibles. Okay, so it's better than, teen, better than Peter Rabbit. Not as good as The Incredibles 2. And who was your favourite of the Teen Titans? Yeah. Which one's your favourite? Robin, Starfire, Beast Boy, Cyborg, Raven? Raven. Yeah, she's the best. Excellent. Now say. Yeah. And what did you say at the end when they were fighting? No, don't fight! Yeah, very good. Very good, Tilda. Very good. <laughs> Your face. It's so cute. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> that is the best review we've ever had. Do you know what the best part is? I thought we had gotten some kind of... of I thought we had gotten some kind of review on iTunes or something like that. No, it's someone reviewed it's Someone has reviewed a film for yes, us. Yes, exactly. She's freaking adorable. She's very cute. I think she might be our youngest listener. Has she been trained to be that cute? Is there a class? I think, Benjamin, many children possess that ability. Although not, le- not necessarily to the same level. It's no wonder we've survived for so long. Ben, when you said that that was incredible, did you in fact mean that that was credible? It's quite credible. <laughs> quite credible. My, damn! Damn, I've been no, slain by no, hyperbole. Exactly. Because she, she, I was going to think, because she says credible. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I what, got it. Did you, um, I think... Great name for a film. That, um, I think that what we should do is team our youngest lady listener up with Ken Watanabe. And then he will say, let them fight. And she will say, no, stop fighting. And then we'll see which one wins out. I, I'd say she'll win. I think she'll probably I think it. we, oh man, that's amazing. I'm so happy. 
what I really like about it is I think that uh, as opposed to when you review things, there's a certain level of maturity and nuance that she appreciates. She brings that to it as opposed to, this is really good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's a certain level of that. Have you seen the Teen Titans go? I haven't seen it yet. See, I don't, my my godson is not around right now. But when he's back in Dublin, I'm going to drag him along. So I don't look like a big weirdo in a kid's film. You had a dramatic drink there. <laughs> dramatic drink. Dan, Dan, Dan. Uh, no, what I mean by that is I haven't had a time to really go. I don't fancy going to a, ki- a kid's movie by myself. All right. Do you want to... We'll go. We'll go, we'll go at some point. Two pair of weirdos. Yeah, two pair. Then it won't be as weird. No, it's less weird then. Mm-hmm. Benjamin. Yes. Now that you have to try and um, beat that, which is easily going to be our most popular segment of I'm never going to beat that. What, what do you think we should call that segment? Listeners review a thing? The most adorable review of all time, part one. <laughs> part one. Benjamin, have you ever read a thing? I've, I have. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, so as you know, we've been doing an old comic book roundup lately. We have been. Um, on various things. And I picked up... I, you, Michael, you know I've got an Irish bias. I just mm-hmm. do. I just do. Mm-hmm. So I picked up The Bog Road. And I'll grow. And I'll grow. Well, I am a girl, Gore. I went to a bloody all-Irish school for 18 years. Yeah, and you're always saying... Feckham. Fe- Feckham Shea, Feckham Chi, Feckham Wid. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Feckham. Um, yeah. Deron Lay. Egg Deron Law. Tom Ingraw. Leshen Changa. Oh, very good. Tosh Bio. Can um, explain what you, know, you just said there. For anyway, uh, what I said, I'm in love. I'm in love with the old tongue, the native mother tongue. Um, and it's alive. It's alive. Tosh Bio. Uh, anyway, one day we will probably will do a, a Gaelic podcast. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna strong arm Michael into it. Yeah, metaphorically, because yeah, yeah. he kicked my ass if I actually tried to yeah, touch him. Yeah, physically. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably do that me- metaphorically, kind of strong arm him. Um, we should point out that you speak Irish much more fluently than me. Yeah, well, I mean, 18 years of, it, yeah. of, of internment in, yes. the, in, in the camps. <laughs> well, um, well yeah, that's, that's comparable, isn't it? The old Holocaust is no, the same. the summer camps, Michael. The summer camps. Oh, sorry. Jesus. Go on then. She part. Oh God. Um, yeah. Uh, apologies to anyone that has Jewish heritage or anything like oh, that. It wasn't. It wasn't really <laughs> you dig up. You're digging further into um, the zone. Anyway, Bog Road. <laughs> anyway, Bog Road uh, by Barry Keegan. Um, checked it out. Is it out this week, Ben? It wasn't out this week. It's been out for, I'd say, about two months. Okay. Uh, And I originally saw it on The Gram, advertised. Isn't that interesting that now The Gram is the place to go for uh, finding out about stuff? It seems to be for for me, certainly. Um, Speaking of, we have a Gram that you can find out stuff about us on. Um, But anyway, um, I went in and I was having having a route around a comic book shop. And I picked up the new Sandman. Yes. Um, and then I saw that sitting there, ready to be bought. And sure, I felt like like spending some money. So I went and I picked it up. And I'm very glad I did. Um, it's very good. Uh, right. Come here. Because you neglected to bring it with you. I, I did. Um, I thought you might bring it with you and you could show me and prepare for the podcast in some way. But you haven't done that, have you, Benjamin? I haven't. haven't. Do your penitence. Sorry. Um, how big is it like how much money will this set me back is it a like is it it's 15 would it be 6 issues of a regular comic book let's say I would say it's more of a mini series a 4 issue gig it'd be a 4 issue job four so issue you're talking job. maybe 110 pages of story yes like I'd that. imagine so yeah it's about it's right around there um, very nicely illustrated and written by Mr. Barry Keegan who is an Irish comic book I always from. like when the artist is the writer yeah it, it tends to work out very well it works out well for Declan Shalvey um, and it's worked out very well for him as well um, what I really like about it is it's it's not just like our famous mythology. Go on. It's a lot of folklore. Right. Um 
and it's a lot of obscure folklore to do with with the she or the fairy folk mm-hmm. um and it, it kind of modernizes them in that nice way that do you remember do you recall a couple of episodes ago um we sat in this very room and you said you'd very much like someone to do what neil gaiman does for norse mythology for irish folklore and things i do like remember that. that ben i think i said that more than a year ago but i do remember <laughs> that okay well that's that's my mistake i have a very short memory uh in terms of how i feel time move when i'm yeah, considering the podcast um maybe it's you know short time in podcast years um but it's not to the same degree definitely but it's a great start i think it's a world that could very much be expanded um because it's a four series thing you're not entirely immersed in it but it's a great little thing um the thing i really like about it is hold on a second i'm gonna interrupt you there go on uh, for the drinking game um this never this was never released as weekly comics no this has always been a graphic novel a pure tpb from start to finish that's a trade paperback thanks you're welcome Um, so yeah um really great i really like it because it deals with a lot of what irish people the problems that irish people deal with in general alcoholism the alcoholism there's no alcoholics on the island michael we're just fond of a pint um yeah there's no alcoholics on the island hairy cheeks uh there's no hairy cheeks on the island um there's there's no drink driving on the island there's no covering up there's no saying, ah, sure, it's grand. Look, we'll go down the pub and drink it away. There's none of that on the island, Michael. Stop um, shouting, Ben. But there is, sorry. <laughs> the listeners here. Sorry, I'm using my country voice, Michael. Um, so there's none of that on the island, no. Now, Ben, hold on. We've become, in this hilarious bit you're doing, we've lost track of, are any of those things in the comic? Yeah, they're all in the comic. Oh, they are? I was listening, uh, no, I wasn't just going off on a tangent. These things are touched upon in the comic. Oh, really? Oh, Michael, when I do do a parody, it's a proper parody. So it deals with an alcoholism and a... Oh, and a a, a drink driving and a... And a a kind of hidden shame aspect of Irish culture. Hidden shame aspect of Irish culture. Oh, wow, that's very good. That's very um, interesting. And a hairy eyebrow. It, it, a there's hairy there's a couple of hairy eyebrows. There's a few hairy cheeks in there as well. Um, and the best part is um, it delves into the more obscure folklore. So yeah. the stuff that you're not so familiar with from Cucullin right. or or a Deirdre of the Sorrows yeah. or a Fionn McCool. Or a bloody Oisin and the Tiernan and, and And a Tiernan Ogan. Um, or yeah. a bloody... Maeve and the bull. She loved, that, she loved that bull. She was always trying to stay. No, did she have it or she? was she No, she wanted it. it. She wanted. She it. wanted because she wanted to stick it to her husband that she didn't really love. Um, she 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 rode him now and then, but they got into a chat, an old an old pillow talk session where they started comparing all the stuff they had. And she and was like, would... "I've more stuff than you," and he was like, "No, you don't, because you haven't got a fine bull like mine." Like and she was bull. like, "Well, I'll go fucking get one then." Um, and so that's uh, that's that's the uh, that's. That, that's is a that very in, is that in Bob Road notes. again or? no that's just me being a dick so <laughs> um, yeah but anyway deals with all that nice small setting very reminiscent to me at least hold on a second before you mm-hmm. do spend your load here give us one little tiny example without too much spoilers of something obscure that we might have known that you would see in this just keep it vague now. very vague specific the, but vague the I can actually do that um, the fairy folk in Irish mythology are not very good at getting around by themselves so they ride animals around oh, a lot good. of the time and that plays a central conceit in the thing I think we saw that in uh, Hellboy as well. There's a touch of that, all right. Wasn't yeah. there? There's a touch of that, but there's a whole there's a whole thing because they've got tiny little legs. Yeah, they have tiny little legs. They're tiny. They're little folks. They're yeah. wee folk. They're wee tiny little um, legs. So they and there used to be an old wives' uh, reason for your cat going off for so long. It's because the fairy folk were using them to get around. Nah, someone hit with a brick. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened there, Ben. 
someone just killed your cat with a brick. That's I'm sorry to say that, but oh, <laughs> sorry. Look, it's fine. Oh he's God! In, he's in cat heaven. Oh Jesus! He's on a farm. Snuggles. He's on a farm in the no. countryside. Snuggles, no. I hope no kids are listening. I'm only joking. He had a Gaelic name. It was Snuggleens. Snuggleen. Um, so the little fairy folk ride animals about the place. Ride animals about the place, which is a which is an, a lesser known fight, not completely obscure, but a lesser known feature. Yeah. yeah. Um, so oddly, vaguely specific. Again, vaguely specific, Ben, because I'm interested in this, and I really. I'm I'll drop it up to you. Now, look, this. I might look, Ben. You might talk me into buying my own copy. Oh, there we go. Um, come here for a second. Come on. Are the fairy folk a little bit morally? Dubious? Oh yeah, they've they've, a, they've an air and mischief, they're, but they're neither good nor outright bad. Yeah. Oh, very good. Um, what I think I really like about it is um, there's a little bit of stretching back through the old Celtic past, right? Um, a bit of what, Celtic mysticism. But the the nice thing Clonid. is the nice thing is that it. that Mr. Barry Keegan seems to to take issue with the the kind of mythologizing of our history. Go on. And he kind of looks very much at the pagan end of things, and he gives a reason for all the bog bodies and stuff like that. Bog so bodies. The others, there's, oh, it's all about a bog. Of it's the it bog is. road, Michael. The, bo- the bog bodies are in it. Yeah, no, they're do you, in it. Do you want to explain what bog bodies are? Uh, bog bodies are bodies that have been preserved in a bog. Bogs mm-hmm. are quite prevalent around the middle of the country. The yeah, offalies, the leashes. Ireland being as it is, shaped like a dinner plate. So, like a dinner plate. We're a little bit deeper in the middle. Mm. Um, and our we have a wonderful bog system in the centre of the country. The Midlands, if you will. Um, and sure... Also known as Leash. Also known as... <laughs> God Thing! Um, when we go digging, uh, yeah. we find a lot of stuff from back in the day. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we found is, is examples of human sacrifice from pagan times. Thousands of years old bodies that have been preserved because ben, bogs have feckin' fantastic preservative quality. You and I... This, is, this has somehow turned into me interviewing you about this comic book. It's not. But look, yeah. um, I'm trying to stop you doing your, your, your segue. Um you and I have spent some time in the National Museum of Ireland. We spent an awful lot of time. We spent yes, two we days this week in the National uh, Museum of Ireland. Um, not because we work there. That's not no, where we, we don't work. work there. We don't work there. Mysterious. Um, <laughs> are, are the bog bodies in the story connected with those bog bodies? Not those particular bog bodies. Okay. No, the, the concept. Yeah, the concept of a bog body. Oh, that's very good. That's very yeah. exciting. Yeah, it's very good. Do your segue. I was kind of there. Sorry. Very reminiscent to me um, of the little vignettes that Neil Gaiman used to weave into his wonderful Sandman storylines, where you'd go off and you'd focus on a different character for two issues, maybe three mm. issues, in particular the dead boy detectives or something along those lines. Mm. Um, and you'd have a little, you'd spend a few issues with them. He'd give you a nice breather from the main storyline. He'd enrich the world a little bit, and you go along. Very reminiscent to one of those. So I absolutely loved it. Speaking of Michael, yeah, Ben. Um, what what even is uh, Sandman? Is that where we're going with it? What even is Sandman? Well, Sandman is the titular. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say titular. <laughs> As if you love me. <laughs> Carry on the podcast without me. I'm just going to laugh in the corner. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Sandman is the famous uh, late 80s, mid 90s comic book run. It is late 80s, isn't it? 89? Is it? Is it 89? Carry on anyway. Uh, 89, written by Neil Gaiman, who is absolutely adored here at the podcast. I think it's fair to say at this point. We spend more of our time talking about Neil Gaiman than we do about my love of Irish Irish things. Your gra. Yeah. Uh, my gra, my pure gra. Um, yeah, um, his famous kind of thing that made the Vertigo title, I think it's fair to say, mm. um, and kind of cemented his place in comic book history as one of the greatest runs of all time. Uh, features around the Lord of Dreams, Morpheus, 
um, and the antics that go on in the dream world. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's been... Fi- it finished yeah, up in... Well there we go. Well done, um, uh, It finished up in... Now, this I'll get wrong, no. so you can, you can correct well, I can just me say here. it. Do you want me to yeah, say go it? On, you just March 1996. 1996. So it finished up around then um, with the amazing kind of end run called The Kindly Ones. Um, and just a great series. Ten volumes in trade paperback form because I wasn't really alive or... Well, no, I was alive, but I wasn't uh, cognizant really of comic cogn- books. Yeah, I didn't really realize comic books were a thing yet, mm-hmm. um, so I couldn't collect them. But kind of famous, Dave McKean used to do these really funky bricolage covers. Dave, where here's the thing, Ben. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I spend some time with young people because sometimes I coach them in in the martial arts. In the martial arts, and uh, I know some young people terminology. Oh, Jesus! And I would say that Dave McKean is the uh, uh, low key MVP of the series. I, oh, you, you nailed that. Do you like that I've done oh, there? Oh, it's very young. That very. means that he is not the star, but he's the kind of secretly the, 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 the most important player. Well, famously the designer of the look of most of the characters in a lot of the cases. And the covers. And the covers. Just... Well, the covers are, I think, one of the best things. I actually have all the covers collected in a hardback called Art. Dust Covers. Oh, very good. Um, and it's all his uh, covers from the Sandman one. I mean, there aren't many... Uh, there, are, there are a lot of great comic book cover artists. Dave McKean, Frank Cho, J. Scott Campbell, all your favourites. Jock. Who's Jock? Mm, you see, you see, you just don't pay attention. Uh, Jock is famous for his digital work on covers. He's quite good. Oh, very good. Um, but, I mean, those Sandman covers, they're a oh, step above. unto themselves. Yeah. It's fascinating. The, the one thing I really love about the Dust Covers collection is he talks you through a lot of the covers, how he mm-hmm. kind of came up with the concept. The first ever cover to uh, Preludes and Nocturnes, um, which is the initial run from volume one of Sandman, um, he and Neil Gaiman went uh, around a market in Camden and picked up little knickknacks that they liked. Oh, and then yeah. he built a frame and built the thing and put the painting inside the frame and that's what made the original thing it's a photograph of this whole 3d kind of sorry i was stepping back to uh, emphasize <laughs> there <and I laughs> stepped away. um but it's really cool to kind of read those kind of things but yeah i, I think he's definitely the low-key um low-key mvp yeah low-key mvp uh, yeah so, boy uh, boy i can't do the click thing with my wrist but if i could i would um just imagine that was me flicking my wrist there you go there's a little click ben um in many ways sandman of course credited with Kind of popularizing, popularizing. Is that, how do you say that? Popularizing, popularizing mm. the the TPB, the trade paperback. Yes, mm. yeah, I think that's definitely true because it was always more fun to read his runs and kind of stints than it was to go issue by issue. Mm-hmm. It's such a big kind of scoping um, narrative. The first uh, collection of trade paperbacks that I ever bought in, like, invested a large chunk of my money. I was always a second hand guy. I was always mm-hmm. like, I'd go and I'd find them because I didn't really have a lot of money when I was younger. Oh, um, is that what you meant by second hand? I thought you meant that you would fall asleep on your hand until it went dead and then you would touch yourself and imagine it was a, a, a second hand, as it, as it were. No, that's what you do when your good lady friend is away, Michael. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, and he was. that was the first thing I saw on, on thebookdepository.com. Oh, um, does that, that still exist? That, you know, it's still going. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, still a great way to get comic books. Are we now sponsored by them? I'll watch you. I wish. Um, that would be really handy. Um, but I like buying them in person now and having them. In, now I have proper paychecks, so mm-hmm. I can afford not to go around and be scabby and, and keep the prices as low as possible. But back in the day, that was not an option for me. And I bought all 10 issues, all 10 trade paperbacks in oh, one big collection. Oh, very nice. I have them as well, Ben, but I don't know where they are. They're in your mum's attic. They are probably like every Irishman in my mum's attic. Yeah. 
um, which is a shame because I wanted to get them for this uh, this episode. I'm fairly certain that's where Snuggleen is. <laughs> In my mom's <laughs> attic. Yeah, my fictional cat that we've made up for the podcast. Oh yeah, Snuggleen. Nah, he's killed with a brick. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Alas, poor Snuggleen. Ben. The, you know what's an interesting thing about those paperbacks? Because I was looking back through the issue lists. Yes. Um, and as you said, you were calling them vignettes. Yeah. I wouldn't call them vignettes. I would call them self-contained stories. Okay, sure. They're, they're stories. Tell us, before I explain this, and I'll, I'll make sure I come back to it. Go ahead. Tell us about that, the kind of overall plot of Sandman. Uh, yeah, so basically, there is a Lord of Dreams. Yes. Uh, his name is Morpheus. Mm-hmm. He is one of seven endless... Machines! Seven... <laughs> Not machines, dreams. But you said more machines are. Oh no! Yeah, coming to Zion. There's bloody, there's bloody Morpheus from the Matrix. He's a knockoff Morpheus from the. I think he was a bit of an homage to that, wasn't he? Like I think so, yeah. the dream. They did a shite job of it anyway. Bad homage. Uh, bad homage. Um, but he is a large, gothically inclined gentleman. Um, large black honest, hair. He looks like Neil Gaiman. He looks fiercely like Neil Gaiman. Um, which isn't a bad thing, to be honest. It suits the character quite well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he is captured at the beginning, the very beginning of the Sandman series, and takes a 100-year break. 70. Is it a 70-year break? My apologies. A 70-year break as Dream of the Endless. <laughs> I'd like people Thanks. to believe now that the third person sitting in the room, our little fact-checking gnome. 70. <laughs> the ghost of Schnuggleen. <laughs> Seventy <laughs> um, and then what happens? Um, he then escapes his his imprisonment, mm-hmm. um, and he has to return to the the world of the dreaming. Mm-hmm. It's called the dreaming, um, and basically, it's all gone. It's all gone tits up. And this is set all entirely in its own self contained universe, is it? It's all, uh, well, no, it, it is. It does inhabit the world of the DC universe. <gasps> Get out of here! Get out of town! Is there a Superman in it? There's a Superman's occasionally. Mm-hmm. There's a Batman's. Yeah. Um, Hawkman. There's an Aquaman's. That, yeah. There's a Hawk Girls. There's a Wonder Woman's. Um, yeah, we've got we've got the whole host, but they do play a very minor role. They're very reduced characters mm. in this particular um, in this particular iteration. One of the things that Neil Gaiman was quite fond of doing during his run, he'd go back through the DC archives and kind of find different characters um, and bring them back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Grant Morrison. But it, not in a batshit crazy kind of way. Just in a nice yeah. little nod to the stuff that he kind of grew up with and stuff like that. Like one of the kind of more prominent but yet supporting characters was Lita. And yeah. she was Hippolyta. She was a Wonder Woman supporting character. Yeah. And she became a quite important character in... She was Sandman. quite important in that, wasn't she? Yeah. yeah, she's the mother of a main character. We won't go into that. Anyway, we won't go into that. But basically, Morpheus over the course of the run, is it is it 70 issues? 75? 75, in and around there anyway. Um, and over the course of the run, he basically has to make uh, peace with his kind of past sins. He used to be quite a vengeful. It's quite an Old he Testament. Real, he was to, a dickhead. Yeah, it, it's a real Old Testament to New Testament kind of gig mm. where he was a very vengeful kind of endless one. He sent a woman to hell. He sent a woman to hell because she spurned him. Yeah. I don't know why I did that rattly rattlesnake kind yeah. of... S- uh, I think my mouth just got caught. <laughs> burned um, but anyway he cast her out to hell and then he has to basically go through his life he's also quite mean to one of his sons mm-hmm. um, quite mean to one of his sons um, and he has to go around fixing all that stuff and what I was going to say there before we went back to what even is Sandman uh, here's an interesting thing right um, lots of little side stories in this yeah. set within the dreaming universe self-contained um, and one of the really interesting things about this series 
because I read it like you, Ben, in trade paperback form. Yes. Collected editions. Yes. And interestingly, in my opinion, yes. um, the trade paperbacks don't go in numerical order necessarily. No. They go in the order to best preserve storylines. Oh, do they? Yeah. I didn't know that. So, for example... Um, there's I actually a, genuinely didn't know that. I know, isn't that interesting? Yeah. I, I, I kind of only noticed it while I've been looking back for this. Yeah. But the story about the woman in the dollhouse, I think it's called the dollhouse. Yeah, it is called the dollhouse. If they had followed a numerical order, there would have been four small stories before, at the start of one paperback volume, okay. and then half of that story, and then half of the story in the next volume, and then four more short stories. Oh, wow. But instead... They took the eight issues of that story, put it in its own trade paperback, and then put the eight little stories together into one collection. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they took it out of sequence. That's quite cool. But it could be taken out of sequence because that's... I see why you're calling them vignettes. Yeah. Because they're so unnecessary is an unkind word, but you don't need to follow them to follow the, as it were, the plot. The the overarching plot of the the whole thing, Morpheus' story. Yeah. But um, yeah, they used to be one of my favorite parts was was the little self-contained stories Mm because they were kind of fun to read and finish. I think some of the more famous examples would have been the Dead Boy Detectives. Mm -hmm. Their run, they got their own spin-off series. Mm -hmm. Um, You had Hobbes, the Eternal Man. Hobbes was very interesting. Hobbes was a great character for a couple of various issues. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed Hobbes. Um, who else do we have? We had the whole Lucifer run, which spawned a very successful character, which is now a TV series. Isn't it mad that that TV show, the Lucifer TV show on... on it was on Fox, but it's on now Fox. been picked up by somebody else. CW, is it? I don't know if it's Netflix. No, I don't know. It doesn't matter. So, anyway, it's he been picked was up. a... I mean, I mean, it's Lucifer. Oh no, the so, character of Lucifer has, goes all the way back to Milton, hmm. but I think... Possibly further. Oh no, way further than that, but like Milton is his famous kind of rebellious... It was first shaped as a rebellious character, kind of mm-hmm. a sympathetic rebellious character in Paradise Lost. Mm-hmm. That was the first utterance of him, as opposed to a big bestial thing as more of a fallen angel and the morning light and all, all that stuff. Um, but anyway, he spawned his own series, which was quite successful. I have that collected at home as well. It's bloody great. His own comic book series. Uh, yeah, Lucifer by Mike Carey. Um, he got permission from Neil Gaiman to take that over and, and run with it. Um, turned out to be a great L series. No, um, I have the whole thing at home if you'd ever like to borrow it. Doesn't bear a huge resemblance to the TV show. Nothing at all like the TV show. The TV show is a case of the week procedural yeah. and it's turned into a weird thing where he's constantly... To be fair, Lucifer has always quested to find Yahweh or God. Mm-hmm. Yahweh is what they call him in the, the comic book series mm-hmm. uh, because he wants to have a conversation with him about why on earth he would create... What you do this for, you big dickhead? Uh, yeah, exactly. Pretty much, pretty much. I thought you were saying that to me for a second. I was like, <laughs> what did I do? Um... Um, and it, that theme has kind of found its way into Lucifer um, but it's a bit ridiculous Lucifer is, a, is one of the most powerful entities in the DC universe mm-hmm. um, and he has none of that power in the well in the TV, TV show. show it's basically imagine if Sherlock Holmes was the devil yeah kind of or imagine if Dr. House was the devil or imagine think, if CSI was the devil I think it's Robert Downey Jr. is the devil imagine he's quite Rob- a smirky imagine if Robert Downey Jr. was the devil real fan of comic books yeah, yeah. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Um, um, ben, yes. we're going to do a new segment. Go on. And the name of this segment is going to be dedicated to people who don't speak English very well. Yay. And the segment's going to be called, uh, Why It Isn't a Movie, Ben. <laughs> why not a, Why not a film? Why is it not a movie, Ben? Um, very hard to adapt, Michael. Do you think so? Um, for Well, for a number of reasons. Go on. Um, one of all, very long. 
Yeah. Very long. To do the character justice, it's a bit of length. I think one of the great <laughs> things about... Very good. Um, I think one of the great things about Sandman is that giant universe that mm-hmm. he inhabits. The dreaming on its own, the concept of the dreaming, is a huge, sprawling thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the great things about Morpheus is he's an exceptionally unlikable, unaccessible character. He's a dickhead. Yeah, he's completely unknowable. You don't get an insight into what he's thinking. You never understand what he's thinking. Mm. The best you get from the series is a really moody panel where he's staring off into an abyss somewhere yeah. or watching something listening, with twinkly eyes. Listening to the cure. Something like that. Yeah, he's a real... Yeah, yeah that's very, very curie. Mm. Um, and it's he's very hard to access. And over the course of that run, he becomes a far more likable character. You mm. genuinely... Well, I'm, no spoilers, but... He, well, it is literally 20 years old. 22 yeah, years old. Yeah, but I'm still not going to do it All just right, in case. Well, no, well it's just been... It, we won't spoil the there's, there's a whole generation that's about to come in because of the part we're just about to talk about. Right. Um, so... You end up really caring about that character. Mm-hmm. In a, well, for me personally, I ended up caring about that character in a really big way, mm-hmm. um, which I really liked. Um, so that's the first thing. It's hard to do a short kind of adaptation of it. Yeah, you need that be... time and investment to kind of make him into something spectacular. You're just going to be left with an unlikable dickhead for six episodes. Absolutely. And it's very hard to get involved with that. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, it's so rambly. Mm. It's so rambly. And that's why people love it. Mm. People love how it kind of twists and turns and segues and goes off into its own little run. How would you spell segues? Um, S-E-G-W-A-Y-S. <laughs> You're committing to that, are you? No, Morpheus is on this little motorized machine and he goes off down the dreaming. He leans forward his body weight and it carries him off. No, uh, I, I did a mock-up uh, recently, listeners, to, to a little possible podcast name change. We've since gone against it because I don't know how to spell the word segue. Apparently not many people do. Um, it looks like it might be French. Um, Benjamin. Mm. Yeah. Um, anyway, very rambly. Um, like this podcast. And that's what people love. <laughs> um, that's what people love about it. They love that this feels like a real world. A universe. It feels like a whole universe unto itself. Where things are happening even when we're not watching. If you're trying to adapt it, mm-hmm. you'd have to cut a lot of that. You gotta gotta trim the fat, Mikey. Gotta trim the fat for me to put it on TV. Let's not encourage people to call me Mikey. Right. You gotta trim the fat, Mickey. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> you lovable Mick best. What has what has led us down this rabbit hole? Other than the, um, the well, road, Michael. It's it finished in 1996. Mm-hmm. It's left a big old Sandman-shaped void in our lives. Yeah, and it's come back after 22 years, Michael. Yeah, it's back. 22 Sandman. years. See how quick Universe I did now. that maths. Very good. Practiced it's, all the way up the hill to your house. It's called Sandman Universe now. It is. Uh, it doesn't really center around the titular character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't really centre around him anymore. It well, looks like we're opening up the opening up the toy box. We're only again. one issue in. Only, well, but that's your that's your introductory issue. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Um, and then it has a bunch of offshoot issues. So he, it's great to see it come back. Neil Gaiman is at the helm again, mm-hmm. um, and he's introduced a whole bunch of new creators and given them license to run off and yeah. kind of a kind of a who's who of of, of comic books. I yeah, don't have any names. of the names on hand no, here. Um, Where's the comic? I don't have it. Uh, it was it must be downstairs. Oh. Bad podcasting. Nerf. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's great to see it. A very diverse team. Yeah. We've, we've got some ladies on the team. Ladies, yes. Several ladies on the team. And it's really nice to see fresh art being brought in. And what I really love about the new art style, because you know I love an art. You do love an art um, style. 
what I really like is it's super well done. It's none of this uh, to speed, you know, to keep up with demand stuff. There's no mm. shoddy looking panels. It's quite close to the end run yeah. of the kindly ones. Like because it's colorful, it's bright, it's dynamic. When I opened that first page, Ben, I felt like I stepped back in time twenty years. That's what it feels like when you read it again, isn't mm. it? It's, it? You you are literally going straight back. It's, as I said on Instagram, Ben, it's as if Sandman had been written in 2018. It's great. Which is exactly what it is. I'm so happy. Yeah. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. I, I think it may be going on the... I might actually start a pull list. Um, at, okay? at a comic book place. Yeah. Wow. No, I'm interested in collecting these. I have, I have recently come back to the world of reading physical comics. I have been a digital comic man for a long time. Digi-man, digital comics, digicom... And digi- yeah. Um, <laughs> Michael's over in the corner of shame in the tiny room. Um, but I do trade paperbacks and I usually wait for them to come and I collect them all at once. I will probably still do that with these because comics never last long around me. I think I already damaged my Sandman one. I think I put that on middle page oh, or something at one well, point. I have a fresh one. You can, we can I, swap. I destroy things as I go along. Um, but yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. We have Lucifer. Lucifer has been reintroduced. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have the books of magic, which yeah. which the Very argument Harry has Potter. been made. But the argument has been made that Harry Potter comes from him. Yeah, very, he was before Harry Potter. Before Harry Potter, and it's very very similar. What's his name again? Hunter. Uh, Tim Hunter. Tim Hunter. Tim Hunter. Um, the Adventures of Tim Hunter. Um, the boy wizard. Boy wizard with glasses, with glasses. Who lives in an abusive home and a nebbish haircut and a nebbish haircut, pure nebbish. Yeah. Um, and, and he has a weird to, British private school. Goes to a weird British private school and has to figure his way out around some. I quite some, like the some I quite like in the new issue the the sexy lady who was sent to get him. She's bloody grim. <laughs> no, I, I liked her. The bloody bloody ravens back. Yeah, Matthew. Bernard or Matthew. Matthew's the Bernard. Raven. Where did I get Bernard? Is there another character called Bernard? I don't think so. Anyway, uh, bloody Lucian's back. The librarian. Yeah, it looks it's looking it's looking, looking good. Looking good ben. Let's do a little couple of things before we go. Very quick, right? Yes. Very quick. Yes. What wouldn't exist without the influence of Sandman? Uh, off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, a great deal of Swamp Thing wouldn't be as successful as he is on, I don't yeah. think um, Vertigo wouldn't exist without that there wouldn't be a lock and key yeah for example lock and key would not have made it it's not like he just pointed that out to me in the tiny room <laughs> Fables wouldn't exist no I'm now looking around the tiny room I doubt Hellboy would have done as well as it's done for all these years I mean and then when you just go on to things like Black Hammer a Black Hammer yeah in more like recent years Jeff Lemire's work is very Neil Gaiman really allowed weird to be a comic mm. book thing. And more importantly, Neil Gaiman allowed adult themes into comics. Okay, let's do another thing now very quick. Go on. Let's do a recommended reading. A recommended reading? Oh, if you have to do certain issues of, of The Sandman. No, that's not fair. Because I just say, go get the trade paperbacks. Each pa- paperback. They've been constant print, basically, since the oh, yeah. 90s. You can, you can pick up the full 10 for like 90 euro, which is not that expensive. Well, Ben, that's a big commitment for a lot of people. Remember, most of our okay. listeners are people with a passing interest in comic books. Preludes and Nocturnes is not the best place to start for the overarching thing. Because that's a series of small stories. Also, it's... Preludes and Nocturnes, of course, Ben, is the first trade paperback. The first trade paperback. And it's also the one that's most connected to the DC universe and less its own thing. Because he had to make sure that he could get in the door before he could start doing his own thing. He had to show that he could sell it. So Um, you're saying start with volume two. I, I... Look, it's an odd recommendation, but I think if you want to get into the big story, the big elements, Mm -hmm. start with season number two. My personal favorite volume is uh, Season of Mists. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that run. I think it's amazing. Um... 
I mean, don't go directly to that one by any means. But... I thoroughly enjoy the one about the storm at the end of the world. What's that called? That's coming towards the end. That's the yeah, kindly ones. The it's end. the first chapter of the kindly ones. Isn't it called World's End? Is it World's End? I think it's because the people are in like a World's End tavern. Tavern. As a, as a reality storm is coming. I mean, end. a lot of that stuff went on to shape the DC universe. A lot of the a lot of the occult figures in the DC universe spend time at what's called an oblivion bar. Mm. Every kind of comic book has their own bar at the end of the world. Mm. And it's largely, that's a concept brought by Victoria. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, that's not exactly Neil Gaiman's original yeah, it idea. It exists in Transformers too. It exists in Hitchhiker's Guide. <laughs> yeah, there's one in Transformers. It's called McAdams. Um, no, it exists don't like in. That. It exists in... Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy of course of course except the restaurant this time yeah, uh, it's all over the place anyway bloody diner look just get the fucking trade paperbacks you big um, but start with volume 2 um, if you want to kind of get a taste for what it is he came out by the way sorry we completely neglected to mention he came out with Overture which was a prequel a couple of years ago mm. I think that was literally for the 100 year or not the 100 year <laughs> 20 the year? 20 year anniversary he came out with that again fantastic work not the place to start uh, not the place to start at all um, but great work just mm. we'd be silly to we'd be remiss not mm. to mention it yes. um, we'd it's be amazing. remiss to miss it isn't it amazing that we've managed to get through nearly an hour talking about Salmon and not once, once mentioned death oh yeah probably one of the most popular yeah, side most popular characters to ever come out of anything yeah. very cheerful mm. uh, bloody chipper version anyway Ben, yeah. Yeah. let's do the yeah. wrap up, the usual yeah. wrap up. Before we do the wrap up, though, we have to give a little shout out to uh, Dublin Comics, Dublin City Comics. Yes, yeah, absolutely. We should have done that at the start of the podcast, really. We really was, should. We've been remissing on the day away. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks a million, lads, for uh, giving us a shout out on your podcast. It's yeah. nice that you listen to us. We really appreciate it. Yes, and look, Ben, if you are the type of person who's listening to this podcast and you're thinking, I would like to be kept more up to date with the current goings on in the world of comic books and action figures and stuff, give them a listen. It's it is connected to a shop, of course. Yeah. But it's not just a hard sell. They're no, they're, no. They're, they're genuinely you, passionate about what they're doing. Exactly, and, and they're keeping you up to date with what's coming up, what they absolutely, recommend. Absolutely. And uh, they sometimes don't recommend things, which I think is a very brave decision from shops. Yeah, which it's yeah. That's take some taz. <laughs> take some taz. So uh, big thank you to them. We should probably take this time, Michael, because I realise we haven't done it in a while. Thank you to everybody that does listen to us yeah. every week. We often say if you do listen to us, but we would like to say thank you, and we really appreciate all the engagement we've been getting hmm. lately. Speaking of engagement, Michael, you can do more of that if you really like the podcast. We're over on. Instagram, yeah. which is our favourite haunt. Um, um, Michael and Benjamin's podcast. We're at Michael and Benjamin's podcast. Um, Codcast. Codcast. It's about fish. It's about fish. Deep sea fish. Do you prefer salt or fresh? Um, yeah, anyway, um, we're over there as well. We have a YouTube channel, but as always, the best place to find us is either iTunes or SoundCloud yeah. for your morning commute. Yeah, do us a Twitter as well. If um, you want to we, we've, an L, we've an L tweet. Give us an L tweet. Um, and more importantly, let us know what you think of Sandman. Was it a formative mm. experience for you? Did it help introduce you into a world of serious comic books? Are you excited about the revival? I, I am, well, personally. No, I'm not I'm, asking oh, you, oh, Ben. Sorry, it's my, a rhetorical sorry. question for the listeners. Uh, but uh, yeah, let us know down below. Also, oh, also, also, also. No, last thing. Keep your eyes peeled for our new business card. It'll be up on the ground. Let <laughs> us know what you thought. Also, Ben, should we tell people that we're, we're going to be doing, Ben's going to be doing Comic Con interviews. So hopefully I'll be editing that for the rest of the week. That should be a, a pure joy. Um, that video will be popping up rather soon. Uh, no, not, not rather, soon. rather soon. We could say two weeks. In um, a while. To everybody that uh, actually did the interviews for us, Thank you very much. Really yeah. appreciated that. Assuming we haven't lost the footage somehow. Well, that's entirely possible. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> that's a bit of a downer. <laughs>